Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Three Under Par Podcast. This is a golf podcast where little white ball is life. I'm your host, Scotty T, and we got a special episode that is coming your way today. It's a little bit lighter week in golf, so what we're going to do for this episode is bring you an interview that we did a few weeks ago with the Director of Innovation and Founder of Edison Golf, Terry Kaler. Terry has been developing all sorts of types of golf clubs for a number of years now for various different types of companies, but now he has launched a new company called Edison Golf, and he is the wedge master. He knows so much, not only about the golf, but really specializes in wedge and wedge development, and his goal is to bring wedges to the average amateur so that you can go out and enjoy rounds of golf more. And so it's a really fun interview. We we'll probably talked for about 30 minutes or so. We recorded this actually right before the U.S. Open. So we talked a little bit about um, TBC Boston, Dustin Johnson, and as well as uh, John Rahm's win at Olympia Fields and just kind of talking the differences between those and just wedges in general. It's a really fantastic interview. I think you're going to love it here. So we appreciate you all sticking with us. So go check out Terry and Edison Golf at edisonwedges.com. And they'll hook you up with custom wedges. That's one thing we talk a lot about. I always recommend that people go get fitted for golf clubs. And very rarely do you go get fitted for wedges. You always talk about getting fitted for drivers. You always talk about going, get that right iron set. But the wedges is almost like this mystery that Terry has seemed to crack. It's a riddle that he has solved. And so he his goal and the goal at Edison Golf is to bring wedges to the masses so you can enjoy your rounds of golf more and shoot those lower scores out there. So go support Terry. Go check out edisonwedges.com for more. And we hope you enjoy this interview with Terry. Before we dive into it, follow us on our social media channels at 3underparpod. That is the number three, 3underparpod on Twitter and Instagram. Then subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Give us a five stars on Apple Podcasts and write us a review on what you thought of the episode. And then go support Terry. Terry has such a wealth of golf knowledge. I love picking his brain on it. We could probably talk for hours just not only about wedges, but then the golf game itself, the development of technology through the years. So it's a really fantastic interview. I think you're going to love it. Again, I'm Scott. Hope you enjoyed this interview with Terry Kaler. And remember that little white ball is life. Okay, we are joined now by, I would say, a very special guest. Probably our first guest ever that is in the golf club industry itself we have terry kaler of edison golf the chairman and director of innovation terry how are you doing this fine day i'm great scott it's great to be on your show today well can't thank you enough for coming on want to give a quick thanks to friend of the show art strickland for getting us connected on that so uh yeah again terry been uh been looking forward to this for a while now uh, you just have such a wealth of golf knowledge that i cannot wait to just pick your brain on about so uh thank you again for coming on oh it's my pleasure it'll be fun so uh terry want to give our audience here a little bit background about yourself so you have recently started edison golf developing wedges um, in terms of golf club development Wedges, it seems like kind of your bread and butter, kind of the area that you specialize in. Is that right? Well, I did. I got focused on wedges. Uh, I've been in the golf industry for almost 40 years. It's been quite a life and, and an interesting journey. But I got very focused on wedges in 1990. My brother and I actually went on a golf trip to St. Andrews, and 
played some of the great Scottish courses, and and I found that my wedges, uh, pretty traditional, conventional wedges, I had been designing putters for a few years at the time, and the tight turf over there just really was giving me all kind of grief, and I went into uh, to a famous golf shop there on the 18th hole at St. Andrews called Octorlonies, and I went in there and I saw a grinding wheel and I asked him if I could bring my wedge over there because it just, and I did just hit me of how I could reshape the sole of that wedge. And so I went over there and ground on this wedge. I don't even remember what brand it was anymore, but um, kind of created my own Igor looking thing and, and packed a bunch of lead tape on it. And man, lo and behold, it just worked beautifully, you know, handling both the tight turf and the fairways. Uh, as well as the the bunkers and you know where it was much softer, what I did is I put a a high bounce and a low bounce in the in the same golf club. So you know we're always even today we're forced to make a choice between a high bounce wedge and a low bounce wedge, and, and bounce is another whole topic we can get into. But what I did I said well if some shots require a low bounce and some shots require a higher bounce how about if I can figure out how to put both of them in the bottom of the golf club? And that's what I did. So that launched me into the wedge category. And then I began really experimenting with moving weight around to make performance change. And, and that really was, was inspired mostly by um, when the USGA changed the rules on grooves. And, you know, we, we kind of taught that, you know, spin is all about the grooves on the wedge. Well, what we've learned is spin is much more a function of the club head itself than it is the grooves. And I'll take a breather there and you can go down any of those rabbit trails you want to go down to, to go a little deeper into that. Right. Well, I definitely wanted to pick your brain on the, the U the U grooves versus the V grooves uh, at some point, but I don't think even people realize that wedges, I, I don't know. I, I've always heard, was it Gene Saracen who, developed the quote first sand wedge and was trying to hide it by holding the the head in his hand is that is that right the yeah the gene saracen is is essentially credited with the invention of the sand wedge and you know um, which was one of the great modern uh, golf club innovations was putting this downward angle on the bottom of the sole so that it we're creating a concept we call bounce so that that wedge would reject from the sand and you could splash the ball out because up until that time, you had to pick the ball out of the bunkers and, and bunkers were very, very penalizing. And the USC even toyed with an idea for a while about making the club illegal because it made bunkers not the hazards that they were always intended to be. Right. It made, it made bunkers, you know, bunker play. You watch the tour guys every week. They're phenomenally good out of bunkers for multiple reasons, but partly because they have extraordinary talents. But, um, yeah, he changed that part of the game entirely. But the sand wedge didn't change any really from the 30s, 40s, and some kind of little modern tweaks began to appear. But I have wedges in my collection dating back to the 40s, and it's amazing how – Wedges from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 80s, 90s look essentially just like the ones in our rack today. Wow. And, and everything else in our golf bag has been totally overhauled multiple times over that last four or five decades. But wedges just seem to lag behind. Yeah, absolutely. It sure does. And we were talking about that right before we jumped, uh, we jumped live here. But it almost seems like wedges get overlooked. You know, I've, 
I do this golf podcast and uh, obviously I got some buddies of mine, especially since we're all young professionals in the working world. They're always asking me now, hey, what kind of club should I go with? And I always recommend getting fitted, whether it be for a driver, for irons, but even myself, I often overlook getting fitted for wedges. Um, what makes a wedge, I guess, separate or different than even, you mentioned that technology has kind of not a, maybe as much changed as a, the driver head, for example, but uh, why is it important to get fitted for wedges? And Because, you know, people always say, we joke, it's about butter knives. You know, people blade them all the time, but it sounds like if you get a, the right wedge in your hand, then that can help with that. Well, you know, wedges inherently are hard clubs to master. And when you think about your wedges, you've got a, you know, 50, 55, 60 degree loft golf club. So the face is slanted back a lot. And so the, every shot by nature is going to be somewhat of a glancing blow, whereas, you know, hitting a 7-iron or a 5-iron or a fairway wood or a driver, you know, that face is more vertical, and so you have a more direct blow to the back of the golf ball. So wedge play, I mean, I'm a big believer, and if you look at the tour players, they spend at least half of their practice time on their short game. And, and most recreational players don't because that's how hard it is to master wedge play, to be good at it. Um, but, you know, what you, what you look at with wedges and fitting, my philosophy of fitting wedges is that you want your wedges, what I call, blended to your irons. So if you've been custom fitted for irons or if you've even just picked out irons, you know, off the rack or bottom used and they seem to work for you, my philosophy has always been then make your wedges as close to those irons and performance as you can so that you have what I call a seamless transition. So, for example, way over half the golfers today are playing lightweight steel shafts or graphite shafts, regular flexes, seniors maybe even playing A flexes, but, the, but wedges are sold at the retail store with a heavy, stiff steel shaft in them. So if you're playing... A, you know, a 90 or 100 gram lightweight steel shaft or an 80 or 90 gram graphite shaft in your irons, those off the rack wedges, even though you may be springing the money for a top brand, if you buy them off the rack, those clubs are going to be an ounce and a half to two ounces heavier than your, your nine iron or your pitching wedge. So you have this big disconnect uh, between your short irons and your wedges in weight and flex. And it's like, that's really crazy. To, to handicap yourself that way because you're not thinking if it's, you know, hey, it's either a gap wedge or a pitching wedge shot, you know, 100 yards, 120, whatever your number is, you're not thinking, but my gap wedge is two ounces heavier than my pitching wedge and I have to make a different swing. You don't want to have to think that. <laughs> Absolutely so you want those, you want those You want those clubs to be synchronized in shaft weight, shaft flex, material, and then get your links and your lines right if you're playing your irons one degree upright or one degree flat. You want your wedges set that way. Uh, and, and it, but that means getting your wedges, you know, not off of the retail rack, which is why when we created Edison Wedge, which you know, I've been creating golf companies for 25 years, and they keep evolving from one to the other. But when I came out of retirement to create this company, I said, I want to focus 100% on wedges, and we don't build stock golf clubs. Every club we build is built for the guy that's going to play them and the lady that's going to play them or the junior or the senior. We're going to build every set of wedges specifically for the golfer who's going to play those wedges. So that's the only way to get it right. Absolutely. I totally agree. And especially uh, around the greens because that's the fastest way where you can drop from a 100 at player to a 90s player and then down to an 80s player. If you can 
And I'll always say if you can eliminate shots and, hey, if you can avoid blading a ball over a green and just even knocking on a two-putt versus having the chip back on or whatnot, just having the right wedge in your hand goes a really long way. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I love the phrase. I think you said it, uh, custom demo offer. Everybody gets their custom made uh, wedge. And I definitely want to ask you a little bit more about Edison. But before that, I want to get you, I want to pick your brain on the USGA. Uh, now, I want to preface this. I'm not the biggest fan of the USGA. Uh, it's been very well documented and other people love ragging on them. I would say I'm definitely one of them, <laughs> to, to say the least. Uh, it seems like they're just almost like the, the technology passed by without them really setting the boundaries on it. But uh, they did make a rule pretty early on about the U grooves versus the V grooves. And you mentioned earlier, it's not so much about the grooves, it's more about how it's made. Did that USGA ruling affect your business and the way that you make wedges? You know, I, I, I believe we have to have a ruling body that sets boundaries because if not, you know, golf balls could go 500 yards and, and you know, the game would lose a lot of its charm. And, well, you know what, I'm a, I'm a purist when it comes to golf. I mean, I think that, you know, we, we're choosing a game that is extremely difficult and challenging. Um, my uh, industry acquaintance, Barney Adams, at Adams Golf wrote an article a while back that golf is not fun, and you know, <laughs> fun is 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 going out target shooting or or you know going taking your kids to the carnival and everything's a barrel of laughs. But what golf is is an extraordinary set of challenges, and as all of your listeners know, there is nothing quite like the thrill of a drive that struck just right or an iron shot approach that struck just right or a good chip or a pitch or a you know, 20-foot putt that just tracks exactly like you want it and goes in the hole. So what golf is is this series of four-hour series of challenges that test you in all different kinds of skills. And so I think you have to have boundaries on that. But, but you know, the, the USGA addressed the grooves issue back in 2010 uh, or 2009, in effective 2011, you had to, to to modify our groove geometry. If any of your listeners remember, we had real sharp edges on the grooves. They would actually feather the golf balls, pull the shreds on the golf ball. And the USGA felt like that's taking some of the skill out of learning how to spin the ball properly, and uh, particularly on the PGA Tour, but uh, at the highest level. But uh, so they modified the grooves, and that really stimulated a, a, one of my big aha moments on wedge design with the line uh, under the name Idolon that I created, and then that became Score. Um, and we went to progressive weighting, and what we learned was that managing the weight distribution of the wedge has a tremendous impact on the spin. Um, whereas everybody thinks the spin is all about the grooves, but the Spin is caused by a lot of things. You think about drivers, you know, the big technology in drivers is to get the ball to launch higher with with less spin so you optimize distance. Well, the manufacturers are doing that. The driver guys, they're all a bunch of aerospace wizards. They're moving <laughs> right. the weight as low in the driver as they can get it in order to launch the ball high with minimal spin. Well, if you look at your wedge, where is all the weight? It's in the very bottom. So by design, and I've seen it on robot testing forever, by design, a wedge wants, wants if the wedge could want something, a wedge is really wants to launch the ball high with, with minimal spin. But we golfers, and I've analyzed 50,000 golfer profiles, the vast majority of golfers, not everybody, 
But the vast majority of golfers, they want their wedge shots to have a more penetrating ball flight that they feel they're in control of. And they want a lot of spin so they can stop the ball on these firm, fast greens that we all get to play now. So we changed the whole weighting scheme in the back of the golf club on the Edison wedges so that we could have um, a, a more penetrating trajectory with more spin. And robotic testing has proved Edison uh, you know, will launch two to four degrees lower than everybody else's wedge. And, and spin can, particularly on your miss hits, spin can be improved up to 60%. Because on everybody else's wedge, when you catch the ball high in the face or out on the toe, you lose way over half of your spin. And we mitigated that down to about a 15% spin loss instead of a 50% spin loss. Wow. So, you know, nobody talks about forgiveness in wedges. You think about it. You hear forgiving drivers, forgiving irons, the big mallet putters. But nobody talks about forgiveness and wedges, but we need it there. We want to get away with our mediocre shots. You know, our best shots are going to be great no matter what we play. I'm going to be honest about it. <laughs> but, you know, but what you're looking for is what's your average performance. If I, if I combine the average of my best shots, my mediocres, my worst ones, you know, and if you lay the sod on top of the ball or if you hit it right in the eyebrows, you know, I'm a club designer. I can't fix that. But if you miss the sweet spot, a quarter of an inch, five eighths of an inch, half an inch, I, I can help that. And that's really what has driven me. I'm, you know, unlike the other wedge designers that have great reputations, Bob Bokey, Roger Cleveland, these guys are really smart. And, and they work with tour players every day. But I, I don't really care about tour players. I don't, I don't make wedges for them. I'm making wedges for the people who are listening to this show who are trying to get better than an eight or better than a five or better than a 16 or a 24. And, and I'm trying to focus on how can I take those 10 or 15 shots around that you hit with your wedges and make them better for you on average. That's really my whole goal. It's all about recreational golf, helping you enjoy the game more and hit better shots more often. I love that. I never really thought about that before. Yeah, especially when it comes to driver and irons with the cavity back irons, why not? Forgiveness. I'd never really thought about that with wedges before because usually it's like that pinpoint target. Always, it's, I never thought about too that wedges want to go high because I always tell people you want to try to keep it low like you're throwing a dart into the wet, into the uh, green with the hole. So that's, that's great that these wedges that you're developing now get that lower launch angle. Uh, into the grain. So uh, definitely want to pick your brain a little bit more about Edison Golf. You mentioned it's a brand new company. You came out of retirement to start Edison Golf. And then there's also this thing that people are very aware of right now called the coronavirus pandemic. What's it like been starting a golf company in the middle of a global pandemic? Well, we were ready to go. And we didn't choose that there was going to be a pandemic, sure. you know, and everybody has differing views on, on this. But, you know, golf is up this year. Once we got through the initial fear, people are like, hey, the golf course is one of the safest places to go. And so rounds of golf are up. The industry's doing pretty well at retail now. Um, but, you know, people, um, you know, if people want to hit better wedge shots, I want to put a wedge in their hands and show them that what we have Um and so it's it's a little challenging, but it's uh, it's like starting any other business. You uh, you keep your eyes and ears open and, and watch what works. And right now we're selling strictly on our website at edisonwedges.com. Uh, we expect uh, late this fall and into next year we'll begin signing up golf pros to fit and sell our wedges. Because I'll tell your listeners this: you can't buy wedges in a in a hitting bay in a store. 
and you can't buy wedges even on the driving range. If you want to evaluate wedges, whether you're evaluating mine or anybody else's, you need to take the wedges you're thinking about buying and you need to go to your golf course and hit those shots that you know. And you know what your wedges do on that pitch shot on number three or that short side chip on number nine or you know that, that sand wedge approach shot on the sharp part four. You know what your wedges do. You know what they're used to seeing how they react on the green, how the ball flies, how the club feels, how it interacts with the turf. And you just really can't do that without playing three or four or five rounds of golf. So we came up with this idea. It's like, well, if we know our golf clubs are as good as they are, because Iron Byron, the, the, the test robot, has proven that we're far superior to everything out there. I mean, I just know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. But what I want to do is prove that to the golfer. So I so said, well, here's what we'll do. We'll build you one or two or three wedges, put them in your bag, play them three or four or five, six rounds, and if they're not what we said they are, just send them back, and we're going we're gonna to actually have process the payment on them because we're not going to limit you to 30 days. We're going to let you I – mean, you may need 40 or 45 days to, to really evaluate them properly. We don't want you to rush that process. But if, if they don't do what we say they do, we don't want them in your bag. I mean, I don't want one golfer out there ever saying, I wish I wouldn't have bought this in wedges because I don't I, – I just that's not right. He, I don't want anybody to lose. So, you know, if you if they just don't do work for you, you send them back to us and we'll give you a full refund and, and you're out nothing, but you've got to try some wedges that are a very different approach to wedge play than what you've seen from, uh, if you go into the big retail store and you peel the graphics off the wedges, they all look about the same. It, it, it doesn't take a, you don't know what's going on inside that big driver because there's a lot of pixie dust engineering inside that. But when you look at a wedge, it's a single piece of molded metal. Pretty much what you see is what you get in performance. So when you look at this brand versus that brand versus that brand, the differences are very, very nuanced. But when you look at ours, you say, wow, that doesn't look like anybody's wedge. And that's intentional because I have to move the weight around to get the performance we were seeking. And when you do that, you're going to make the back of the golf club look very different. Absolutely. I think I got to get me some medicine golf wedges now. <laughs> That's what it sounds <laughs> we'll go, like. We're getting, we're we're building a following. We're growing every month, and and people that are buying our golf clubs are coming back, and you know people will buy one, they'll come back and buy the other two, and we're expanding our line. Uh, for by the end of this year, we'll be making uh, 45 and 47 degree wedges to replace your pitching wedge. We'll be making 61 and 63 degree lob wedges. So, you know, we're expanding the, the range so that we can put as many as four wedges in your bag, you know, to really make your game inside wedge range be the best it's ever been. And I mean, you know, I'm sure that the big guys love getting tournament wins from their paid staff, but there's nothing like when I get an email from a 8 or 10 or 12 or 20 handicapper saying, boy, my wedge game is better than ever, that really fuels me. That's, that's my high. I don't care about U.S. Opens. I want that 12 handicapper to play more golf because he's having more fun, hitting better shots more often, um, and, and I had something to do with his enjoyment because we all know how enjoyable a good golf shot is. I just want you to experience that more often. I totally agree. I totally agree. You know, Terry, I've had my wedges now. Um, n no plugs. I won't say what kind I have, but I've I've had them for a little bit, probably – almost six years. I mean, how often should people be replacing their wedges, you think? You know, 
one of the big brands says that your wedges can be worn out after 50 to 60 rounds of golf. I, I find that to be really hard to believe. I hope they're wrong because they're, they're a big investment. Me too. We, <laughs> you know, you, it's, it's kind of like a lot of other things that wear gradually. You don't really notice just one day that your wedges don't spin anymore. But, you know, face wear does deteriorate spin. Um, and if you can see some bare metal through the chrome, then then at the edges of the grooves, get you a little cheap magnifying glass and look at the edges of the grooves. And if if the chrome is getting worn, then, then you're probably experiencing a measurable spin loss. One of the things we did with Edison, we worked with our foundry and, and developed what we call durable chrome, which is over twice as thick as the chrome plating that everybody else uses. A chrome is extremely hard. It's very, very thin, microns, measured in microns. But chrome is a very hard finish, and it protects that integrity of the grooves and the face texture. So we use what we call a durable chrome finish that's twice as thick as everybody else's. We think that's going to extend the wear on your wedges by at least double uh, what other people. You know, we want to protect your investment, too. That's great. Yeah, so I definitely need an upgrade on my wedges then because I've I mean, I'm fortunate enough to where I'm a pretty average or avid amateur golfer, so I probably play about, I don't know, 40 rounds a year, give or take. So, considering I've had these wedges for a while, it's probably time to get me some Edison wedges <laughs> here. So, uh, Jerry, I want to ask you a little bit, of, a little more fun questions here. So, it's my understanding you're a native Texan as well. I am fourth generation native. Oh, that's fantastic! That's fantastic. What makes golf in Texas special? Whether it be just the number, because there's so many great players that have come from the state of Texas. I'm born and raised in the Houston area. Uh, so many great golf courses, whether it be in the DFW Metroplex or down here in Houston. Just what makes golf special in the state of Texas? You know, I think it's a, a number of things. I, I think one is the legacy. You know, you go back to, you know, Hogan and Nelson and Demerit and, Jackie Burt, and you know we have some great legacy. Other thing I think it makes golf in Texas special is we get to play year round, and because we get to play year round, we get to play in a lot of different weather conditions, from the heat of summer to that marginal day in the winter to strong wind. To you know we get to we get to test our games under a lot of conditions. You know, in our typical golf course place totally different in spring and summer with south and southeast breezes than it does in the wintertime with the north breeze. It reverses everything on your golf course, right? So I think that's a big part of it. We get to, we get to play different conditions. And, um, and I think it's just kind of a, and I say this as a fourth-generation native Texan, Texans tend to be a pretty tenacious bunch. And I think that we kind of give it a little more than, than – uh, than other people. But, you know, a lot of it, too, is that we do get to play year-round. I mean, those people live up in the north. You know, they look at, and I, this was something that was hard for me to get used to when I got in the golf industry to realize, you know, over half the country's golfers, they got to put the clubs in the garage about October, early November, and they don't get to play again for four or five months. And, and we in Texas, we help some of our best golf weather is November to, to February, and you get those beautiful winter days down here in South Texas, even in North Texas. We are, you know, 65 degrees and sunny. And, I mean, we get some great winter weather to play golf. You, you're not going to miss weeks on end in Texas. So uh, I think, and then, of course, everybody knows that Texas is better than everywhere else. So we all know that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm about to say, we Texans, we're a very proud bunch, I would say. And there's 
that's so true about playing the year round. I can't imagine putting the sticks away for four or five months. Yeah, most of us can't. Right, absolutely. I you said it best that some of your best days are actually in November and December because even right now we're middle September at the time of this recording and it's still pushing a hundred down here in Houston most days. So it's uh, it's so true. It's so true. Well, uh, so a couple quick rapid fire here. Is the wedge of your favorite club in your bag, or what's your favorite club in your bag? You know, I guess I'm kind of blessed. I, I guess it is wedges because, you know, I've been designing wedges for uh, almost 30 years, well, about 30 years now. And so I'm always fascinated by how to make them better. So, you know, I guess wedges, but I've kind of resisted ever having a favorite club. My bag's pretty well put together and uh, basically everything in my bag except for one club is of my own design and so that's kind of fun. Wow. So they're all my favorites. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, not many people can say that. That you put that you no. design most of the clubs in your own bag. <laughs> yeah. I mean in my irons, my driver, my hybrid, um, all my wedges of course and the putter I play in is one I designed for the Ben Ogan company in nineteen ninety two. So uh, just a little kind of a bullseye inspired blade that, you know, are there more forgiving putters? Yeah, but there's not any that I like better than this. this is, and I miss putts I could probably make with one of these big mallets. But, yeah, that's not to me always about just, you know, the lowest score. I'm, I'm out, I love the enjoyment of the game. I love well-struck golf shots, and I like playing. I'm, I'm blessed at 68 and a half years old that I still have my strength and flexibility to play to a low single digit. And, I can still hit it out there and play the men's regular tees, the back tees sometime. And, you know, I just, I like a golf course that lets me go through my whole bag. And when I get off the 18th green, there's not a club in my bag I haven't hit today. To me, that, that's a golf course that really tested you through the bag. And I write, <laughs> as you probably know, I write a blog for golfwrx.com as the wedge guy every Wednesday. And I've, the last couple of weeks, I've kind of teed off on the tour because these guys, they play, they play golf as a driver wedge game and driver short iron game. And, the par fives, most of them are an iron shot for those guys, and yeah, I just I don't that's just not very interesting to me. I should I got skewered by one of my readers that you know you're in the golf industry, you shouldn't be picking on the PGA Tour. I said, what? They don't have anything to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll pick on them if I want to, but I watched them all whine and cry at Olympia Fields week before last, and you know five guys broke par on a golf course that had 30 yard fairways, and and they hit. In 72 holes, if you take out the eight par fives, that leaves, you know, 64 holes, and they played um, over 50 of them with the short iron or wedge. Well, if you're hitting 50 approaches with the short iron or wedge in addition to par fives, how can you only be four under par? You guys are better than that. But anyway, I, I won't get on that soapbox. <laughs> no, that's, that's so true. It didn't help the week before that at TPC Boston, you got Dustin Johnson shooting 30 under par. It's wild well, out yeah there. so here's the, here's the contrast so the week before olympia field the five top players finished 101 under par and the field that made the cut was 700 under the very following week they played a golf course that was a, almost a thousand strokes harder for the field i mean that's really mind-boggling isn't it oh my goodness yes <laughs> so you wonder about what make what makes that happen uh, there, yeah, no kidding. So, last question here, Terry. What's your favorite golf course in Texas, and then one just in general? You know, I I haven't been traveling and playing a lot of golf lately. My my 
favorite golf course anywhere would be the old course at St. Andrews because it's just such a fascinating study of how the game was invented and how it's played. I would like to make one more trip back to Scotland before I get where I don't have the skills that I have. You know, my favorite course in Texas, um, I, I, I would tell you two. Um, the nine-hole municipal course at Cuero, Texas, where I got my start in the game that set up this entire life in the game and, and career in the industry. How could I not put that? I haven't played Cuero in 35 years probably. Um, and I'm a member of Victoria Country Club, and I will tell you, it's one of the consistently day-in, day-out most challenging golf courses I've ever played. And and our, our staff does a fabulous job of keeping it in, in extremely good condition. Uh, but there's not a part of your game that Victoria Country Club won't test you on. It's very narrow fairways. Roughs are pretty healthy right now. The greens are fast and undulating. It puts a premium on putting your approach shots in the right uh, part of the green, and the greens are very challenging to putt, very undulating and fast. So there's not a weakness of that golf course. And and I cuss it a lot, but uh, day in, day out, it doesn't get boring, I can assure you of that. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's so true. I played Victoria Country Club one time. It was back when I was in high school, so it's been a it's been a while <laughs> since I've played it. But uh, I remember walking off that course thinking, "Wow, that was that was a good test of golf." It is a good test of golf. Yes, that's great, Terry. Well, the good people who are listening, where can they find you, support you, and purchase some of your wedges over at Edison? Well, we're at edisonwedges.com. Um, or edisongolf.com. You can get there either way. You can come read about our technology story. You can read background on me. I've been in this business for 40 years and doing wedges for 30. I'm, I've done a lot of wedges. I've had Golf Digest hot list wedges for three different companies. Nobody in the industry has ever done that. Um, and, um, and we have uh, hopefully make it four this year. The um, uh, but edisonwedges.com, uh, you can learn all about what we're doing. You can learn about our, our custom demo offer. Um, we just, you know, we back everything we make with a hundred percent guarantee that it's going to, it's going to do the job for you or we, or we want them back. Not just we'll take them back. We want them back. We don't want a club in your bag if you're not loving it. <laughs> and, uh, so, and, and we just don't get any back. I, I know what we have here. It's uh, it's really exciting to make a golf club that really is that much better than what else is out there. It's probably, uh, probably what they felt when they created big Bertha. You know, where all of a sudden it's like no driver on the market can can hold a candle to this thing, and uh, you know probably what Carson felt like when he developed the Ping Answer Butter. I mean, I that's a lofty company and it's very aspirational, but I know what these wedges do on the on the swing robot, and I've seen what they'll do in the hands of golfers of all skill levels. So we're excited about it. That's fantastic, Terry. I know I'm probably gonna have to get some medicine golf wedges now, really, because I'm like I said, I'm in the market anyway. Of course and- you will. That uh, sounds like the direction. Well, thank you so much, uh, Terry, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Can't thank you enough. We'll have to get you back on, maybe uh, towards the yeah. beginning of next year, see how see how the company's doing and get an update. And uh, we'll uh, we'll hopefully talk to you soon, Gary. Terry. That'll be fun. Thanks a lot for the time and the opportunity to tell our story. All right, you're very welcome. Take care.